Welcome, my friends. Welcome. It's that time of the week. Yes, it is the time you've anxiously been awaiting. In fact, it's time for the culinarist and the cleverest. Of course, if it's those two, it must be the most riveting and most entertaining. They fit like a, spat a fish spatula in a pan. Yay. And like, it is the tastiest and most demystifyingest cooking show in the world, my friends. Not just in Atlanta, because we are proudly listened to in 42 states and 18 countries. Why, I have no idea. But because of the we're popular. That's right. We are Chef and a Fat Man, the Blue Collar Chefs. And this week, our mobile kitchens finds us at La Cordon. What are you doing? I'm about, I'm, I'm You look intimidating. I'm having my picture taken. Yeah, but you, 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 you're holding something that looks like a, something to pound me with. You, you know, I could pound you, and then there's another side to it that's even more intense, if you like that kind of thing. Wow. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I just saw you stand there going like this, and you're looking at me, and you got this big metal pounder. I'm about to smack a chicken. Anyway, right. of course, we're at Le Cordon Green, better known as the Big Green Egg Culinary Center. It is right here just inside 285, uh, on off of 85, right next to the Corvette place. Now, if you were, you know... If you were here today, the Corvette place is like the mecca of Corvette heads in the world because there are literally hundreds, if not thousands, of people next door flooding over here and using parking over here because of the friendship that's been built up between the two. And they're loving it. They love to hang out. I mean, out. they're having a massive Corvette festival over here. But we, my friends, are having a culinary festival as we do each and every time we do our show. It is... The most incredible experience you'll ever have. And if you're lucky enough, uh, within the next couple of weeks, we're going to be opening it up to uh, audiences. Yes. And now understand this, for all you people who have been to shows before, we prepare enough for a half dozen to a dozen. Because we are not here to feed you, my friends. We are here to teach and entertain you. And what we have is enough samples for 10 to 15 people. That's right. And that's it. And if you ain't the first 10 or 15 through the door, you get to watch the first 10 or 15 through the door eat. <laughs> it's a beautiful you, thing. You and we feel sorry for you, yeah. but there's a way you can really take care of that problem. Mm -hmm. Sign up. Be a volunteer. Oh, yeah, even better. Yes. In fact, Tell how them what did they you want see I segued into the volunteers? There you go. We have four exceptional volunteers today. Of course, Greg's pointing to Tracy. Mm. Tracy's sitting there smiling. Mm. And then he's pointing at himself. Mm -hmm. And then he's pointing with one finger towards me. And I don't think it's the index finger. I, it, it, but my no, vision. he's giving you the tall boy. Oh, the tall boy. <laughs> oh, is that like a beer? See, everything. You <laughs> always want to relate everything. To, anyway, Greg, yeah. Tracy, Bill, and Daryl. Yep. Uh, Bill and Daryl, we've worked with many times. Mm -hmm. All the volunteers are exceptional. They make this show fly by. They're of tremendous assistance to Chef Amanda. And the beautiful thing about Executive Chef Amanda is she makes it, she has most of the time more volunteers than she has worked for. Because every volunteer I've talked to that has worked with her said the reason they are here is not the egg. Mm. The reason they're here is because Chef Amanda makes it so hospitable for them and treats them with such, and you guys do so many good things for your volunteers. We do. You know, I, somebody said the other day, Bill said this, he said, you come for the egg, but you stay for the community. 
That's very deep. It's very deep because what happens is you come in because you want to learn things about the egg that you didn't know, and you get so much of that. But you get to share with other eggheads. Hey, how would you cook this? How did you do that? Learn new cooking techniques from chefs and from people that are in here. Get to, you know, ha- have a, a beer and a good time with a bunch of friends out on the deck in the evening. And it's, it's a great way to, to spend your time because, you know, egging is not supposed to be a solitary sport. You know, it's supposed no. to be a group activity, and that's what we do here. And and not only that, but we'll get into some of the classes and things and the incredible experience you've been through this week mm. alone. It's amazing. But anyway, we could not do this show without the wonderful volunteers and, of course, an outstanding executive chef and outstanding engineer and sometimes plural. And we'll get into that a little bit later on. But, of course, it all comes down to sponsorship. Yes, it does. And, my friends, it is time. The Vidalia onions are off or out of the ground yes. and in the stores, real sweet, Peruvian sweet, and now Vidalia sweet onions because the season is upon us, my friends, from now through the end of August. The sweetest onions on earth come from real sweet out of Reedsville, Georgia, mm. the heart of the 18 counties that are certified by the federal government to be the only 18 counties in the world that produce a sweet onion that can be called Vidalia. Mm-hmm. Now, my friends, There are other labels that kind of look like Real Sweet. They're not. They're trying to play off of the Real Sweet name. So, my friends, if it does not say Real Sweet on the bag or the tag, it ain't. Boy, you guys And we will do that every time throughout the whole show. It ain't. And, of course, a sponsor that I am so proud of. They have been with us for 17 of the 18 years. They are... The, the idea spawned in the brilliant mind of Edward Fisher. Mm. It is the big green egg, the ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. And my friends, you will hear each and every time all about the big green egg because we can do so many things. If we were at another grill company, we couldn't be doing shows every week because it's not as versatile. And there are others that try to replicate, but they never duplicate the egg. You can put a Rolls-Royce front on a Volkswagen. And from the front, it may look like a Rolls-Royce, but we all know. So I'll leave you with this gentle reminder, my friends. If you are not cooking your food on a big green egg, you're You're just just heating meat. meat. And if that's what you want to give your family and friends, there you go, my friends. We want to give them the very best. And we talk about the very... You always have to start stirring. I guess that's what, well, my friends, lead you to the wonderful and very talented executive chef, Amanda Egidio. Egidio, well Egidio. done. I'm, You're I'm getting, getting better, better at this, Kevin. Yes, I am. It's only taken a, a while, a few years. Anyway, Chef Amanda is the goddess of uh, delicious. She is a oh dynamo. Gosh of delicious. <laughs> she is a gargantuan of goodies. Ooh. She is all those things rolled into one, but more importantly, the goddess of goodies. No one's ever called me that. I'm going to stick to it. I'm going to get a t-shirt made. The so goddess, look at my t-shirt today. Yes. What does it say? I can't tell because you have to read below the... Oh, okay. Well, check this out. Below the horizon, shall we say? <laughs> Fried chicken is my spirit animal. Now see how cool is that? I, you know what I did? So, you know, spring is in the air, and the spring wardrobe is also in the air. 
And I'm tired. I mean, I want to wear some fun clothes. So this is my idea of fun clothes. Other girls go out and buy sundresses. I'm out buying barbecue shirts and T-shirts that sound cool. Oh, I did wear my shoes today. So I have y'all. My shoes are, are uh, chef shoes made by Crocs. And they have on the front of them, on the bottom, the Swedish chef from the Muppets. So um, I'm just, I'm a carnival ride, man. There's a lot going on. Me, I'm more into Speedos. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I, I all, right, all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm, 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 we're turning this place into a vomitorium, which oh, is not a good idea. But I'm For those of you who don't know what a vomitorium is, back in the days, ancient. Okay, well, this is spice to say they use things so they could eat more. But anyway, yeah. I'm not going to take it any further. As she is um, stirring away or whisking away, uh, Chef Amanda Agidio is here. And this is wonderful because today we are celebrating a most honored and cherished day. Mm. It is Mother's Day. That's right. I love and you mom. have got some Mother Day-ish food for us today. I do. I thought I'd keep it light. We're going to do some chicken. Some lem lemon chicken. Fried? Not fried, although oh, my t-shirt shirt is no, irrelevant. This, this is not for me. It's for my mom. Um, but this is a grilled lemon and herb chicken. And with it, we're going to serve some poached asparagus. And I'm going to make two. <laughs> I know. Okay. No, it's not for you. It's for mom. Oh, okay. And then we're going to make two different kinds of aioli to go with it. Aioli? Aioli, which is a garlic mayonnaise. Oh, you know mayonnaise? Mayonnaise is the most underrated ingredient. They think it's for potato salad, but there is not anything today. Uh, this week alone, I use mayonnaise on my roasted chicken. I use mayonnaise on my pork loin. I use, what's that? I but use mayonnaise you put it on when I cook my steak. Before you put it on, yep. on the grill, right? Yeah, I... Everything I cook is bathed in mayonnaise. That's Ooh, my base. Yum. And I'm telling you... And whatever kind you use, I'm from up north, so more of a mm. Hellman's guy. But anyway, so we got a Mother's Day surprise for you. This is a perfect meal for Mother's Day. That's right. And even though it's asparagus, can I talk a little bit about asparagus? You Go for it. When I was a kid growing up, <laughs> as we're strolling down memory lane and going by the picket fence, my wife wants to be left at the gate, but that's okay. Mm. The thing that we had, we lived in the country... Outside of Chicago, Illinois, there's a big... There's no country yes. outside. DeKalb, Illinois? Really? You've been to Sycamore and DeKalb? That is as country as... It... All right. Country northern version is massive farmlands, as far as the eye can see. They have the fences, and along the fence rows, wild asparagus. And every... Really? Oh, I mean, acres... I mean, as far as the fences would go, when it was springtime, and the asparagus would come up usually about May... Sure enough, you'd see people out there with a simple, dull knife, and they'd be bent over walking down the fence rows carrying big sacks of fresh asparagus. And it was pencil asparagus. It simple, wasn't dull knife? So like a machete? like whack, Yeah, whack. yeah, but not, not real sharp, but sharp enough because they're going so fast they don't want to kill themselves too bad. So, yeah, that was my stroll down memory lane. So, but you didn't tell us why you don't like asparagus. Because it, it is texture. And the funky taste when it's cooked. Now, if you take raw asparagus and dip it in ranch dressing, I can go at it all day long. Well, cauliflower then, you know what? I might all day long. You. you know, broccoli all day long. But once you steam it, cook it, 
then it just becomes repulsive to me. That's why I like when it's dressed. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about the food. And you know, today is Mother's Day. Do you know anything about Mother's Day? Um, Only that I have one. (laughs) I had one. That's all I know. Why do we celebrate Mother's Day? Do you tell? The celebrations of mothers and motherhood goes way back. The Greeks and the Romans have been doing it, had been doing it for centuries. They held festivals in honor of the mother goddesses, Rhea and Sibylle. The clearest modern precedent for Mother's Day is the early Christian festival known as Mothering Sunday. Mothering Sunday. But then, of course, what happens? In 1908, Anna Jarvis held a memorial for her mother at St. Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton, West Virginia. And it was all about celebrating her mother. And it became kind of cool. And then by 1920, Hallmark... Got involved with cards, and other companies jumped on board, and they started selling the first Mother's Day card. So now, when you're sitting with Ma around the table, and you're having your chicken and asparagus, you can say, gee, Ma, did you know that this celebration of your day goes back to the Greeks and Romans? Imagine a table-time conversation you can have Mm. in depth. Mm. So... My friends, that's what we do here on Chef and the Fat Man. We don't just give you great recipes and witty repartee. No, 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 no. We give you stirring and fixing and, more importantly, a little histoire. So when you're sitting around with the family and you're telling them to put their iPods, cell phones, and everything else away at the table, you have something substantive to talk about because we are Chef and the Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs. The only live radio cooking show in the world that takes you and yours on that culinary adventure, the likes of which you find nowhere else. When we come back, Chef Amanda's going to start pounding something else, I have a feeling. Pound. That's it. Quartz out for a few minutes anyway. Stick around. Well, great way to start. Lemons dropping in the bottom of an aluminum foil pan. You won't hear that anywhere else, but on Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs, live from Le Cordon Green, where Chef Amanda is busily getting ready for your Mother's Day. Now, we're giving you some plenty of time. We're going to have the recipes. Yes, my friends, the recipes will be posted for each and every recipe you hear on the show at our new website, chefandafatman.com. We're very excited. We've had some tremendous upgrades since the last time you checked, probably. It's a wonderful site, very interactive. You'll be able to find out where we're at, whether we're doing live tapings for the show or if we're doing events. We've got all kinds of things coming up. Next week, of course, we'll be at the North Georgia Mountain Egg Fest. And John Wall is very excited about you being there. Mm, I'm excited. For three years, I've been trying to get there, and this is the first time that my... It sounds terrible, but that my calendar's cleared. But I, but Big Green Egg keeps me working. So well, you know what's exciting about that too? I got the Lake Chattooga Lodge, Ooh. and I got three nights. I added an extra night on one for and, yeah, recovery. Thursday, Friday, <laughs> Saturday, and come home Sunday. Okay. Because eggheads, I know you they don't look like party animals. Oh, it's like I, Jimmy Buffett up there, man, yeah. with their you know, oh they oh my god hanging I mean, out I, in their RVs, caravanning around, acting all crazy. I've been up till two or three in the morning. So, mm. Well, not me. Others have. But anyway, so you'll be able to find out all that. Now, what are you? Are you taking out frustration? I am. Now, I'm pounding a chicken breast. And let me just say something about a chicken breast. 
when we, me and my husband, first came to the United States, because we were living in Europe, my husband is Portuguese, and we came here and we're walking through the grocery store, and he points to something, I'm not paying attention because I'm looking at other things, and he said, what is that? And he was mortified, and I'm like, what's he looking at? And I look, and he's looking at the case of chicken, I said, the chicken breast. And he got this look on his face of horror, and he said, I've never seen a chicken that big. And I thought, oh, my God, he's right. <laughs> like, chicken breasts are not supposed to be the size of a turkey breast. Yeah. So, anyway, then as we, you know, then we go to Africa where the chickens are the size of chickadees in the States, and that chicken breast was a one-biter. But, anyway, um, <laughs> you want to be real careful when you get your chicken. Everybody's talking these days about um, the more natural, the better, the less hormones, all of that stuff. That stuff does make a difference. You really are what you eat. So try not to get the chicken breast that's the size of the turkey breast, but actually just a regular size chicken breast. But when you do, and this this is good because Mother's Day is usually a gathering of a lot of people. Right. So this is a way to make your dollar go farther. Get your chicken breast and pound them out because the chicken breast is not the same size from one side to the other. And so I'm pounding it out, not like scallopini flat, but I'm making it where it's the same size from one side to the other. This makes a bigger breast so you can feed more people. So it's very economical as well on the on But the what else does it book. do? By it, it cooks it, more evenly. That's right. By making the piece more uniform, it makes it a better chance that you're not going to have the dreaded blood in the middle of the, mm-hmm. you know. And chicken breast, quite frankly, if I, I think if you were to take a poll, mm-hmm. I would say probably the number one meat on the chicken is without doubt the chicken breast, mm. turkey breast. Mm-hmm. I've, I've always been a dark meat guy, so it's always been thighs for me. But I know everybody wants chicken breast. But the problem is chicken breast can be dry. Not a big green egg. You're not. That's right. And I was going to get to that. Why? Because the big green egg is the, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. That's right. And I'm telling you, it makes such a difference. So you pound it out. I pounded it out, and I made a little marinade um, that we're going to like let it set in for half an hour. And that is uh, made up of Dijon mustard, white balsamic vinegar. I added a little bit of olive oil and some rosemary, and then seven lemons. Um, and some seven lemons. Seven lemons. It's got a lot of lemon and also um, some garlic. So I'm going to put the chicken breast in that and uh, mix it around a little bit and then put it in the fridge for about half an hour. And we're going to grill it up and now, serve it. Now, let me ask you this about lemons. Mm-hmm. You know, because I have people that have actually asked me, mm-hmm. is it, what's the difference between one lemon and another, number one? Size. And how do you go into a store? Everybody goes into a store and they just think they grab a lemon. Is there a different way you could? How do you, how does Chef Amanda, because I'm sure you don't shop like the little people. Uh, you, you, uh, you shop in that. Chefy high plateau of snobbery. Not really, but I will tell you one thing I have learned. Okay. Okay. So I like a juicy lemon. So when I feel my lemons in the store, I want to make sure that I can feel that it's going to be soft and juicy. If it's too hard, I'll probably move on to the next one. Also, if I'm going to use it for zesting, you want to make sure there's not too much wax buildup on the lemon. So if you're going to zest, there are some lemons that you'll get where the oh, skin yeah. is like a lime and you go to zest it and you're not getting anything. And so I like a nice, thick rough. flesh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, natural. Exactly. So I like the big, juicy, rough-looking ones, as you said. That's how I choose mine. I caught your lime You for did. You. Thank you. And I sunk it Score. for two. But so the lemon. Now, when you're talking about zesting, mm-hmm. what is the number one mistake people make with zesting? 
going f- too far down. They go into the into the flesh or the pith of the of the lemon. You just want to get that top layer. You don't want to get the and that's and you got to be kind of careful with that. So I mean, I see people grab the the microplaner or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're and all of a sudden half of it's pith and half of it's and they go there we go. Yeah. That and the reason is because that pith is bitter. Yeah, it sure is. Also, if you have a recipe that calls for the zest of a lemon and the juice of a lemon, zest it first and then cut it in half with the pith showing and then juice the rest of it. Don't buy two separate lemons to do that one thing. You know, that's a good, you would think that would be a head slapper, mm. but you, you know, well, of course, there are generations that are eating Tide Pods. Mm, so maybe being <laughs> more explicit is the way to go. But anyway, so you get a nice juice mm-hmm. and then just enough to just get something going on the microplane. Correct. So there's so there's a, a device called a microplane, and you can buy it at kitchen stores. And it looks like a grater that you would grate cheese on, but it's much finer, and it's much skinnier. It's like a long wand. And then you just rub. You really, I just go down once. I rub it down once, and then I turn it a little bit, and then I rub it again. I don't really scrape like I would when I grate cheese. Like, I just go once and then turn and then once and then turn, and I just go all the way around. And she's doing it in her hands, and she's actually turning her hand yeah, like she does it with turn. the... Wow. And then and it works great. So that's how I do it. Do you know what I do? It's three turns. It's three turns. Yeah. I hold a jar. One, two, oh. three. Lemon zest. One, two, three. Put away. Speaking of lemon zest, um, a couple weeks ago when we did a show, I was talking about how I was in the grocery store, and I needed to get lemongrass, and they had it like in... Um, in a pincer in a tube, they have lemon zest and orange zest the same way at oh, some really? of the Kroger's. Yeah, not readily like it's not everywhere. Like you're going to see basil and cilantro more than you're going to see that. But I did see it, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So, well, you know, I knew another chef hmm. in my previous life, and he absolutely frowned on and turned his nose up to anything that came out of a tube or a container especially when it came to stuff like that. I said, listen, I've been down there. We were at the Produce Marketing Association show where you actually meet the owners of these companies that right. create these things. And they've got it all out there. And you're trying it. I'm going, my God, why in the world would anyone want to go through all the work when you can just squeeze it and it's fresh and it's tasty and it's outstanding? So what I did was I changed it up and got some and put it in his thing and he was using I said what do you think he goes that's good he said I didn't know you know how to do it that well I said real easy and reached reached down on the counter pulled out a tube and squirted it said that's what I did from that <laughs> time on from that time on he started experimenting he loved the cilantro he loved the garlic he loved almost in fact what he'd come to work with us he'd have four or five tubes in his bag a lot well, you know what? This is my take on that. Um, today's food that you see in the grocery store is not the food of the old days. I think a lot of people are, are more foodies than they used to be. The bar has been raised. Their expectations are greater. They want to eat food in, in a grocery store like the food that they get in a restaurant. They want it to taste that good. So the all of the companies that are producing... Uh, prepared foods or, you know, whatever, make-ahead stuff, They, I think they've stepped up their game because the truth is there's a lot of really good products out there. Not only that, who's got so much time to do some of these things? That's if you can, the if thing. If you can skip a step or two, do it, whatever works for you. They love the taste, 
without all the work. Exactly. So a lot of companies have come up, and I, I will challenge a little bit of what you said, Chef, because that's what I do. I'm to be an irritant, and I'm to challenge. Mm. And But if it is true that people are becoming more sophisticated, then how the heck does Chili's pack them in? How the heck does TGI Fridays Price pack them point. in? So that's another ki- yeah. critical element. And the great thing, and this is to the point of the squeeze stuff, if you go out and buy some garlic, you use what you need, then you put the rest of it in, but it gets bad after a few days, and you have to throw it out. With the tubes, three minutes. Oh, by the way, I want to spe- say a tremendous special we mentioned last week, but Michael and Teresa are here. Hey, Michael and Teresa. Teresa worked with us for a couple of years, long time. And they're with back. Chef Batman. Michael was the head engineer. She was a head producer, and a silly thing called a job got in the way. Hmm. And uh, But they are with us when they can, and it's always great to see them and have them on board. Michael, always dressed with impeccable taste in shirts. I am an island shirt kind of guy, and that's what I am, because I epitomize the beach. I mean... Well, maybe the whale on the beach. But anyway. No. No. But anyway, back to what we were talking about. You know, when you buy these things in the tubes, they'll last three or four weeks. So it really becomes more economical. The chances of you using it somewhere down the, t- you know, down the time frame is a lot better. And I learned that from a grocery store where we were doing a cooking demo. They actually had the concept where... You give them the recipe in the produce department. Yep. You walk up and hand it to them while you're shopping. They're prepping. You tell oh, them how you want it done. Yes. That's a great idea. They prep it for you. Now they charge, you know, for it. But he said, I said, so, my God, you know, he chops up the green peppers. And by the time you're done shopping, you go back and all the ingredients for that recipe, all the produce is chopped, put in separate containers, and measured. And he said, you know, at the end of the day, you may have four or five veggie. It might cost you 10 bucks, 12 bucks for them to do it. If you buy it yourself, it'd be about the same. But the difference is you throw it away. There's so much throwaway because you're buying it for a recipe. Yeah. With there, you have just what you need. So there's no waste. It's a brilliant concept. And I, and I hope more stores get along to that idea. But anyway, so we've got the... We've got, got the, the chicken, chicken marinating. Chicken's on the egg. Well, is it some, on the of, egg? some of it's on the egg, some of really? it's marinating. Yep. And then next we come back, you're going to be talking about... Asparagus. Ugh. And aioli to go with it, oh. so that's not all is lost for you. Yes, and aioli is fun. Yeah. And, and as Chef introduces you to the wonderful world of aioli, you'll find out how easy it is. And let your imagination run wild, because that's what we do here on Chef and the Fat Man and Blue Collar Chefs. We're all about the imagination because we are true theater of the mind radio. All about food, all about fun, all about celebrating the good life right here at La Cordon Green with executive chef Amanda Agidio. She is the goddess of goodies, baby. We're back. Yes, and excited because Chef Amanda is about to... The wonderful volunteers, Gary, Tracy, Bill, and Daryl, and his brother, Daryl. Daryl, his other brother, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. They are getting ready to bring in the chicken breasts that look absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But while, while we're waiting, I went out front. Always check the Big Green Egg website. Find out if there's events. 
Because when they're offering food, I'm eating some incredible tasty hamburger, and I have a choice between cheeseburgers that are exceptional, mm -hmm. pulled pork, and chicken wings, and the cost was nada. Yep. Just got to walk out there and, and to go to the car show next door and see what they're doing after. It's a great wow. way to spend a Saturday. Anyway, your next recipe for oh. Mother's Day, as we celebrate mothers everywhere, mm -hmm. you are doing asparagus. I am, but first I'm going to make the aioli. I'm going to okay. make the sauces to go with the asparagus because asparagus is going to be pretty quick. Um, and for those out there in, I don't want to say TV land, radio land, um, aioli is a traditional garlic mayonnaise. But one of the great things about it is it's pretty versatile, so we can do a couple of things with it. Um, but the lemon aioli for the asparagus has this. It's one garlic clove that you actually, like, shred with a shredder, like a cheese shredder, into mayonnaise. And then you add some lemon zest. And then after you zest the lemon, you cut it in half, and then you juice the lemon, and then you add that to it. And then you mix it up, which is what I'm doing right now. I can't really hear it because it's mayonnaise, but I'm whisking that up. I'm going to add the, the zest. Whisk that up. And then I'm going to add the lemon juice. And that's going to loosen it up. Whisk that together. Now, the secret sauce part of this is it's whisking up really, really nice. I'm not even putting that much effort into it right now. It kind of looks like horseradish cream as far as yes. it's got a consistency. It's got the little pieces of the lemon zest in there. But here's what makes it super, super cool. Earlier, when we were on break, I got some heavy whipping cream, and I whipped it up like you would make whipped cream for your desserts. Um, but instead of using it for a sweetness, I am going to use it to add depth. So, I am going to take some of this whipped cream, and it's pretty heavy as far as the stiff peaks. Probably four tablespoons. Three quarters of a cup. Yeah. And I'm going to fold it. The reason I want to fold it is I want to keep it light. If I were to whisk it or stir it, <clears throat> the air would come out of the whip. So, you're going to make it into a more of a... Bringing it back almost to a mayonnaise consistency. Correct. And this should be, like, golden. Let me taste it. Only you can tell. Taste. <clears throat> it's got a lot of um, garlic. <laughs> thanks. Um, thanks, Greg. All right. That is good, though. <laughs> That's a good thing. So Let me try it. I'll try yep. it. I mean, I'm a garlic lover. There's no such thing as too much garlic. That's why I'm not popular at parties. Well, one of the multitude. I'm going to add just a little bit more cream. It's good though, right? Oh, it's outstanding. Wow, okay. that's good. And it's And see, I love the garlic. I think the garlic. This is, is good, good on lamb. This is good on vegetables. Um, this is good on crab cakes. You know what I didn't notice? Any salt and pepper. I'm not gonna, to. I don't think it really needs it. Um, just just that, because I'm already going to season whatever vegetables or meat I'm going to do with it, so this doesn't really need a lot of salt and pepper. Ah, there's a good point. Yeah. And also, the mayonnaise has salt in it. Now try it. Now, again, remember, 
it's going to complement something. So I cut the lemon by adding more cream. And if I put it in the fridge and let it set for overnight, tomorrow it's going to be just magical. The, the lemon was, and the garlic was a little bit strong. Now it's a little bit more balanced. I did add more cream than the recipe calls for, but it's going to be fine. And that's one of the things to remember. A recipe is a starting point. Mm -hmm. And, and, and develop your palate with the flavors that you like. That's really important, too, so that you know what it needs. Does it need salt? Does it need pepper? Um, and that's really important when you're experimenting with food is finding out when it needs salt and when it's too much salt. And what happens if you oversalt it? Now what are you going to do to fix it? You know, and, and a general guideline is look at the ingredients in your recipe and figure out what would, if you've screwed up with a really, really strong flavor, you've got to come up with something that's similar. In other words, you don't want to go with something that's completely flat, but you, it's got to have either some, uh, some texture or some body to the ingredient to balance it out. You can't just throw salt and pepper on everything. Now, I have a question for yeah. you, Chef. If I were, let's say, not as worldly as I am, and I were to wonder, well, what if I need to cut the lemon a little bit, what pepper. other thing could I add, like a flavor profile? Mm -hmm. uh, but I don't know. I could go online and He's look nice. and look and look and look. Or... Is there a one-stop shopping area where you could go and find the flavors that match up and pair up? There is. There is a book called The Flavor Bible, and it's one of my favorite tools that I use in my kitchen. And uh, it's really great, especially if you've got a seasonal vegetable or you've got something extra in your um, pantry. Like, say, you, you bought an ingredient that you used once, and you're like, what am I going to do with this star anise? That book will help you show other ingredients that you can put with it to create a recipe. And what was it? Gee, I think I've heard of that book before. We've had it on a show before. Yes, and what's we the name of the book again? The Flavor Bible. And I know we're helping to sell them books, and no, we are not getting a cut of the proceeds. However, this it is, is something that is very things. useful to you, and we'll mention it in shows upcoming. And uh, I'll tell you what. Are you washing your hands? Yeah. Finger bowl? Yeah, big finger bowl. Yeah. I'm blanching the asparagus at this point, which means that I am just putting the asparagus in some hot boiling water, only really until it turns bright green. I don't want to do it any more than that. I mean, and when I say bright green, immediately it's going to turn bright green, but I'm talking like one or two minutes. I'm not talking 15 minutes in the, this is not your grandmother's asparagus. We don't want it to be too crunchy, but we do want to we don't want it to get gray. So the minute that it comes out of the pot, it's going to go right into the ice water bath. Wow. Now, you, know, I, you call it blanching. I call it Devereauxing. Devereauxing. Yeah. Blanch Devereaux. I got you, golden yes. girl. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to see. And, of course, as always, Chef Amanda Egidio is, I almost said it again. I know. I always want to put the D before the G. Call me Miss but E. You know, i got to talk to Victor about that. You know, <laughs> change that name. Yes, change that name. Or I'm going to keep hounding him. You know, I'm persistent. Mm -hmm. Do you know what my maiden name was? Albright. So when I called my mom and I said, oh, my God, I met this guy. We're going to get married. And she said, oh, this is so exciting. What's your new last name going to be? And I said, Egidio. And she said, oh, for the love of God, can't you do anything normal? This is, I called her from well, Africa, better. so, you know. That's better than uh, what my wife's mother said. 
Oh, what'd she say? When you came home and said you were marrying me, she said what? There we it's go. Never going to work. Yeah. That was 30, 32 years. Yeah, that was 30 years ago. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about it is, after year 10, I grind it into her nose every single time. Well, look how it's working now. Okay, back to your asparagus. No, you keep going. No, but I mean, the asparagus is something. Yeah, because <laughs> she's going to be visiting sometime within the near next three or four months. And what are you doing? You're playing with your chorizo. It has a tassel. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Now do you need me to put a buck out on the table yep, or what? We're you know, good. I'm just asking. <laughs> I am wondering about my chicken though while my asparagus is cooking us. Here comes Daryl. I said a dollar out on the table. Daryl, you and your other brother Daryl. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Would would you mind? Would you are you guys ready with the chicken? While we're busy doing this too? Oh, gosh darn got it. The chicken. See, wow. that's and you know what's funny is right in front of my literally right well, in front of my eyes. Well, it was covered. It was covered. That's Smothered. True. And chunked. No, it's not. All right, so my asparagus is poaching, and while that's happening, I'm going to see what we got here. Oh, wow. Oh, look at that. Thank you, Bill and Daryl. So what we're looking at, don't take a picture yet. i gotta, got to fix it. No, right. we're taking pictures of everything. Okay, well, that's okay, too. All right, so first thing I'm going to do is pick an ingredient, an herb, that was in the um, recipe, and that would be rosemary. We used a lot of rosemary my in My mother's recipe. name. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. All right, so I'm going to grab like a handful of rosemary. Just make sure there's a little, if there's any other little bits that don't belong on there, we'll go. I'm going to lay it out. Oh, you're not really going to plate it all fancy. I'm just, you know what? Let me tell you, people eat with their eyes, okay? This is important. So I'm just going to take the chicken and lay it. Well, I guess this is Mother's Day, so you Yeah, I mean, my, uh, my mom's going to judge. Can I don't you know about imagine your at Casa Jenkins? Me preparing chicken for the beast and slicing it finely, placing it on a plate with the proper fresh herbs all around it. No. You throw it on a plate, you eat it. I'm just saying. Well, you're full of it. All right, so here we go. All right, so just for people at home, what we have is chicken on a plate. No, it's better than that. It's chicken on a platter. Um... With rosemary, and then we grilled some lemon. Here's the thing with grilled lemon. Um, number one, you get some good char marks on the lemon, and while you're finishing the chicken off, like the last five or ten minutes, you go ahead and throw those lemons on there. Grill it off, and it will change from sour to like a sweet savory. It's really, it gives it a really good flavor, and actually... So you actually use those. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, I'm, I'm going to squirt it over the chicken, and if you pick it up with your tongs, and you've grilled it for a good amount of time... The juice will actually start to fall out. Of what is a good amount of time? Um, what temperature were we at on this? 400. We're always at 400. Yes. Um, but until it gets some good char marks, and again, until you've got some Now, you nice didn't, didn't just straight cut that, did you? Yeah. Or did you kind of... Just cut it in half and put okay. it on the grill. Now, there's another thing that we're going to do later on in the season when it gets hotter, is we're going to make grilled lemonade with these grilled lemons. Oh, oh And actually, wow. we're going to use rosemary, too. Um but I'll go ahead and tell you how we do it because we do it all the time, and it's really, really nice. Um, so you take the lemons and you cut them in half, and you get your big green egg or your grill up to um, about, you know, 400 is my happy spot, so that's where I go. Uh, 400 degrees direct. Cut the lemons in half and then dip them in sugar and then put that on the egg. Ah, so you get a caramelized Right, sugar. and at the same time, get a container, preferably stainless steel or metal, something that can hold the heat, 
and fill it full of um, sugar water, simple syrup, and then throw in some rosemary sprigs and make a rosemary-infused simple syrup while those lemons are cooking. Then in about 10 to 12 minutes when everything is ready, um, then you pull it off and you squeeze it all into a big container and show you note, have fresh lemonade. Show note, show alert, this recipe will not be on the website until we formally present it to you later on this summer. So you got a shameless tease. Now, beautiful green. Mm, look, it really is a very nice, beautiful. You're looking for the sharp, beautiful green. Yeah. And then what are you doing? You're shocking I'm it. I'm shocking it. Shock the monkey. I'm, um, <laughs> you like that, Daryl? <laughs> a little Peter Gabriel. Um, yeah. yeah, so putting it in ice water. There we go. Yeah, and no. that ice water is going to stop the cooking process. Yeah, Daryl and I are way on the same page. Yeah, we are. Did I go the wrong way? But so you're shocking, and it really, how long you shock it is irrelevant. You know, you guys have a, your heads are somewhere else. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so I've done the asparagus, and I'm but cleaning isn't it up. isn't that going to chill it down? It, no, because I'm, I'm going to take it out right now. It's still hot. Ah. I just stopped the cooking process. And that's, actually, see, that's the key. Chilled asparagus is not bad either. So. I'll tell you what, when we come back, we're going to find out, did she leave it in enough or not enough? All this is dangling in the airwaves as we return from Chef and a Fat Man to Blue Collar Chefs live at La Cordon Green, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center, with our executive chef, the lovely goddess of goodies. <laughs> she is better known as Chef Amanda Video. Welcome back, my friends. Really? Sorry. That is, that's called impeccable. <laughs> Are you going to keep coughing or what? Sorry. I, oh. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back, my friends. It is Mother's Day that we are celebrating today. Also, did you know that it's National Fruit Cocktail Day? Fruit cocktail? Yeah. Mm. And, uh, it's from my world, and it's World Cocktail Day. World Cocktail now, Day. Now, go figure on Mother's Day. It would be World Cocktail Day. Because you need a drink after a day with mom. Yeah, Ooh, that's sorry. I, I think it's a male thing. You know, <laughs> I mean. But anyway, and uh, also on this day in 1971, Virginia O'Hanlon Douglas died on this day in 1971. And who was that? She was born in July 20th of 1889. <clears throat> I'm not going to tell you who she is until later on. So when we left left you. Chef Amanda, Egidio, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you um, you were, you have now sliced up the chicken, yeah, the lemon chicken. You've got the platter of beautiful asparagus mm -hmm. and the two aiolis, but we're waiting with bated breath for the second aioli, All right? Because so you're doing some, you know, because everybody, everybody has different tastes, and some like the, you know, the mild and the and the subtle taste. Some like a little more oomph, a little more kick. And we're kicking it. <clears throat> we're kicking it with this, my new favorite um, product. And I, you know what I do? Every time I go to the grocery store, especially the Beaufort Highway Farmer's Market, I pick up something that I've never seen or that I've never used before. So about nine months ago, I picked up, <clears throat> I was at Trader Joe's, and I picked up something called Harissa. And a Harissa is a hot chili pepper paste that comes from Tunisia. And this stuff is not... Mexican hot, because when I think Mexican hot, I think scorching hot wings. This is more, it's, it's got, it's more complex. Um, it's not killer. It's not like a ghost pepper or anything, anything close to that. This is more like if you mixed a roasted pepper and a chili together 
that's what you're going to get. Wow, that chicken is lemony. It is good, isn't it? But it's, it's moist. Yeah. Well, of course, it was cooked on the egg. Yep. So with this harissa stuff, I took an aioli, and th- that was just, let me see what I put in that. Where's my little piece of paper? Because I'm forgetful. I know, you'll, I know you'll have it right there in front of you because that's the kind of organized chef that you are. Yep. So it's half a cup of mayonnaise. All right. <clears throat> two garlic cloves that were minced, some olive oil and some lemon juice, and some harissa paste. And what's really cool about this is that it's bright orange, and you can serve it with the um, asparagus. You can serve it with lamb. You can. Oh, we served it with steak, <coughs> excuse me, yesterday, and it was out of this world. So I'm going to let everybody play with this. So I made some of that, and I've got the whipped lemon aioli to go with the asparagus. And we've got the lemoniest chicken you've ever seen. Now, I'm telling you, my friends, these recipes will be available for you on chefandafatman.com. And another show note, we are constantly upgrading and improving our website because... Because we can. Yes, because we can. And you didn't tell them about the blog. Tell them about the blog. You said it's interactive, man. You people can find out what Kevin's thinking because I know you're all dying to find find that Not always a good thing. (laughs) But go to our blog site, and I will be posting weekly either musings that I find need to be discussed or whether Chef Amanda or, like I like to do, if I find find that, um, how should I say it, I find a restaurant that's really good and different, unique, or just all the above, I will write extensively about it to promote it. That is how Eat Your Pasties down in Panama City Beach, we have had a bunch of people that have gone down there since I published on on our Facebook page, Chef and a Fat Man. I published, and I've had several. In fact, our own Marshall Rothman has been down there and said it was incredible. Another couple went down there and said it was the best seafood they had in Panama City Beach at any restaurant in five days. Ooh, that's, fresh cod. That's nice. Fresh cod, and uh, man, I'm telling you, it's uh, it's true British pub food. It is true British fish and chips, and all the accoutrements that go with it. And so it's a great experience. But all that will be on there each and every week, so you can go to the site and just see what I'm thinking. The one that's currently on there. About communication, the breakdown and the importance of communication, not only in your life, but in the restaurant industry and as a customer and as a restaurateur. Uh, Upcoming, I'm going to give you my bill of rights for customers, what you should demand from your restaurant. Now, Kevin, don't do that. You're going to make everybody want to go be nasty. Now, now, see, I took that in consideration. Did you? I made two sets of Bill of Rights. There's a Bill of Rights for the customer and a Bill of Rights for the restaurateur. What they should expect from the customer. You know, so I, see, think, I, address that. I think that whole do unto others thing is just as simple as that's how complicated it should be. Do unto others. Feed, you know, you know if, seriously, feed them like you would feed yourself. Talk to them like you would talk to yourself. Same thing goes for the restaurant. Same thing goes for the people. But then, yeah, but see, I'm nasty. So then see, I So expect- go to the blog and listen to his nastiness. Yes. No, but anyway, go check it out, the Bill of Rights, because you know what? You as a customer have rights. You should expect a restaurant to do certain things. But don't but abuse you know the power. The restaurateur deserves to have some expectation of the customer. In fact, 
when I first published this, uh, a very fine hotel in Ireland, the food and beverage manager looked at it, loved it so much, he posted it. He asked permission to put it on parchment, and he posted it as the commandments for his restaurant, uh, for his hotel in uh, Dublin, Ireland. So all that much more, plus the recipes, plus find out where we're going to be. I mean, plus plus pluses. We're full of pluses. And if we've got like special events, like our trip to Cuba or Hiawassee or Hiawassee, you'll be able to get the information. By the uh, way, if you guys are around next week, come see us. Come see what's cooking. Yes. Um, I'm telling you, it will be an exceptional experience. So, Chef, as we always like to do at the end of the show, ooh, ooh, um, Gosh, quickly, Kevin, for those quickly, <laughs> just run down what you did today and run down the basic recipes. So, for mom, we did a lemon chicken because... That's um, something my mom loves is lemon chicken. It's got rosemary. It's got Dijon mustard. It's got white balsamic vinegar. You guys can get the recipe on the website. Marinated the chicken for about 30 minutes, and we pounded it out so that it was even all the way across so you get some good, even cooking. And uh, we cooked it on the big green egg, and it's made of ceramic. It's very porous, so it's not going to dry out the chicken. It's going to retain the moisture. And uh, grilled that off, and then we did some asparagus. We poached it for a few minutes. and then we That doesn't mean you stole it. We did not know. No, saying, not that you know. kind of poaching. Um, and then we put it in ice water to stop the cooking process. And while that was happening, we did a couple of um, garlic mayonnaise called aioli. We did one made with Tunisian harissa paste and the other one with lemon. And you know what? It's looking pretty good. Well, you know, earlier in the show, um, a, a couple other things of culinary note. Did you know that on this date in 1637, it has been reported that Cardinal Richelieu created the table knife. Ooh, did it say why? Yeah, because he had the points rounded on all the knives mm -hmm. because that way he couldn't be assassinated. With Are you knife. kidding me? That's no, a cool thing. that's how it came about. So he rounded all the edges so that it would be near impossible. So if you have them. people over for dinner and you do steak knives, you've got to be in a very trusting safe spot, right? No one's going to hurt you. Think well, you know, and, and, and one other quick note, Cyrus Hall McCormick died on mm -hmm. this date mm -hmm. in 1884. Mm -hmm. He is the one that was credited with the creation of, does anybody know, anybody into farming? Not McCormick Spices. Settle down. The Reaper. The first mechanical Reaper. Oh. And that's very important to people in Illinois because that's where he was, that's where he was uh, born and raised and Okra. A lot of time. Reminds so, me of okra. earlier I mentioned Virginia O'Hanlon Douglas. Okay? Now, most of you, I'll give you a clue. It is very much a part of everyone's life who's really into the holiday of Christmas. That's Think about you. it. Christmas and the name Virginia O'Hanlon. Maybe this will help. Dear Editor, I'm eight years old. Some of my little friends say there is no Santa Claus. Papa says if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Miss Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They have been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do and believe... Only what they see. 
They think that anything can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be children's are little. In this great universe of ours, man is mere insect, an ant in his intellect as compared with the boundless world above him as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. And it goes on. You, 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 you want to hear the rest of it? I want to hear it. Uh, uh. I want to hear it. No, eh, there's only a few of us. I'll finish by, you tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside. But there is a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man or even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived could tear apart. Only faith, poetry, love, romance can push aside the curtain and view the picture of the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in all the world there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus? Thank God. He lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia. Nay, ten times ten thousand years from now. He will continue to make the glad heart of childhood. Virginia O'Hanlon. What a, can you imagine having this beautiful piece written that has gone for decades and decades and it still is a beautiful work of art dedicated to her for asking a simple question? It's pretty cool. Yes, it is. And unfortunately, we had to leave on that note. But it was a positive one. There is a Santa Claus. So many people to thank. First and foremost, the Big Green Egg Culinary Center and the volunteers. You guys absolutely rock. Let's give them a big hand, even though they're cheering for themselves. Yeah. Yay! We rock. Greg, Tracy, Bill, and Daryl. You know, I think I've seen Bill just about every show. He's become like a fixture of the show. We yeah. might have to give him a little, you know. A little something, something. Yeah, and Daryl's been here a lot, too. Yep. And now we've got two newbies. Yep. Oh, you don't know about these newbies either. Guess what? They drove here this morning from Alabama. They don't even live in Georgia. Wow. Dedication, my friends. Wow. You know how you, no, I won't tell you how you find Alabama. That, they'll offend them. Anyway, my friend, <laughs> we don't want to offend the volunteers, but thanks so much for making the drive. I hope you all had fun. Well, yeah. good. Uh, you know, and of course, to the keeper of the dials, she who must be obeyed, Karen Jenkins. But our special guest, he is holding up the finger to remind me where to go or what time it is. It is, of course, our wonderful Michael Holst and our producer today, as she was so many times before, the lovely Teresa. And, of course, Shepherd of Batman and the Blue Collar Chefs have been presented by the Big Green Egg, the, the ultimate, ultimate cooking, cooking experience. experience. And by Real Sweet Onions, by Schumann Produce, my friends, the Vidalias are in, baby. Remember, if it doesn't say Real Sweet on the bag of the tag, it ain't. I'm your host, Kevin Jenkins, reminding you, as we do each and every week, to remember our troops and our first responders. They're the reasons we continue to have freedoms we enjoy so much. The price of freedom is never free. God bless y'all and your family. Shit. God bless mothers everywhere. God bless America. And God willing, we'll see you next week right here on Chef and a Fat Man of Blue Collar Chefs. Taking it to the fairway on number one, baby.